Hey guys, welcome back to the Loaf Lounge. Today we have a special guest. This is the leader of my last podcast called The Unnecessary Tangent. His name is James. Say hi, James. How's it going? He's not able to use the webcam today, but that's all right. And then, of course, we've also got Andrew and Jay. Today we are missing Norse, though, unfortunately. He will be missed. Yeah. (laughs) So, what are we going to talk about today, guys? Uh, so we have a couple topics, but let's go ahead and start off with Baldur's Gate. You know, I think that game is pretty good. It's got a lot of AAA studios shaking in their boots. You know, even IGN did a pretty good video on how Baldur's Gate's actually changed the landscape of AAA games and how a lot more game companies should go ahead and follow their lead. But, you know, unfortunately, AAA games nowadays, all they really care about is, you know, that cha-cha-ching money. You know what I mean? I was just about to say that the one thing that's really pushing them is the fact that there are no microtransactions in it. So a lot of the people who, yeah, Yeah, a lot of the people who are used to, you know, having to play with, Oh, to get this, you got to pay money. It's you don't have to do that here. You just grind for it and you're good. Yeah. I think someone that doesn't go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. As someone that doesn't play D and D, I think it's a great way to get started. Honestly, it, it to me it seems like it, it makes a lot of sense. It's really fun, really clean. You can do a whole bunch of shit in that game. Oh, you can also it's fuck great. bears. Did you know that? You you can fuck bears if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> that I did not know. You but can as a D and D and D player trying to get other people to come in, this is a good thing for for D and D in itself. Is the fact that it's now all digital. You can learn some of the basics of how to play D and D digitally in on a screen. So you can actually see what's going on. People that are more visual. It's good for that. It's good to bring in new players for that kind of game. Yeah. That's they just... could just keep doing this over and over again. I'll keep buying them. It's good. Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, you know, that's one of the main marketing tactics was, you know, they, they shot out a, an advertisement where you could fuck a bear. If you go on Steam webpage, you can actually see the scene. They don't show you the whole scene. But, you know, they did that to kind of show you that if you wanted to, you could do whatever you want in the game, including fuck bears. So The real question is, have you tried it, Andrew? I haven't. Unfortunately, I haven't reached that part yet, but I would definitely want to fuck that bear. <laughs> Understandable. Is there a certain class or something to do it? Uh, your companion has to be a druid, and then you could fuck the bear. Oh, okay. Ooh. Oh, getting a little furry action on, huh? Yeah. No, but overall, it's a pretty good game. Like like you said, um, it does allow people who aren't used to D&D style games, uh, you know, D&D tabletop, it doesn't induce them to the aspect of what D&D is. It simplifies, like, all the spells, you know, it walks you through and holds your hand on your class management. Now, it still feels like there's a learning curve for people who don't know what they're looking at. So during character creation, you know, people don't know if they want you know, to put attributes in, you know, stealth and charisma. But I feel like if they take what they've learned, like if they played other games such as uh, Fallout or they played Mass Effect, they can use that in order to play Baldur's Gate and, and then get that full D&D experience. Yeah, and that, that whole aspect is it makes it replayable. So like you went through it the first time and you screwed up and putting stuff in the wrong places. Just play it again. Oh, actually, you know, there's actually, sorry, they actually add a guy. There's an old guy. You can actually meet at the very beginning. 
you go through this crypt inside the crypt you bring out this you know skeleton dude you you take him from a crypt you answer his question that character that scare that skeleton dude actually allows you to re-roll your whole stat so even if you mess up you're like oh man i don't want to be a warrior you can go talk to the skeleton dude it's like i think it's like 200 or 400 gold and you can just re-roll your whole stats and just change up your class and get your levels back that's again. really cool yeah it is yeah, cool. Exactly. i didn't know that guy did that yeah, I wasn't going to tell you guys that, but that's that's the purpose of him. That's why you can't kill him or anything like that. He's like a core component of the game, so uh, you can re-roll your class if you don't like the way it plays. Yeah, that way you can kind of get a gist of like the other classes and kind of learn what you want to play and how you want to play. That's pretty I cool. I didn't know that you, was in there. I love it let, that it lets you try to roll 20s for things, even if like you probably shouldn't be able to do it. Just like real D&D. It's great. Yeah. Well, well, now I, in D and D five E, they're they're creating the auto auto hit and auto fail. So instead of like uh, rolling a twenty on your die and it being a crit, it's just or like if you're trying to do something like climb a fence and you roll a twenty, it's just an auto you know succession, and a one is just an auto fail. So there's no like. So the, at any point in time, you can do anything you want. So if it's impossible, the DM has to learn to say, that's impossible, don't roll for it. Because if nowadays, it's like if you roll a 20, a nat 20, they have to let you do whatever it was, you know, you were trying to do. Oh, is that, is that change from old D&D? Is that, is that like a new rule? So, so 5e is changing up again. I think they're calling it, Okay, so 5e is not called 5e according to D&D writers. It's just called 5th edition, but we call it 5e. And they're changing the name of it, and they're changing this, and they're changing some rules to try to um, streamline it a little bit more, and that's one of the changes they're making. So so it's kind of like patch notes. But they're just patching out books that they're doing. Exactly. So if you've played the old D&D, like back, you know, they had advanced D&D, or they had regular D&D, advanced D&D, that's uh, D&D 1, D&D 2, and then they had um, D&D 3 and 3.5. Well, 3.5 was just a revised version of 3 that made it easier to play. Um, Fourth edition was very video gamey. They used a lot of the video game aspects of RPGing and made it easier to get more, try to bring more people into the game. Nobody, none of the real true D and Ders liked it, so they created Five E, which is more of a, um, it's kind of a mix between three, five, and four, so it's a little more streamlined, but enough intricacy for the people who really are into D and D can get their feel of I can really you know get intricate in what I'm trying to do. Do Do you think Boulder's Gate? is going to help relieve some of the stigma that's around people who play D&D. I feel like there's a lot of stigma around people who play D&D, even though it's just a game that anyone else plays. But do you think Boulder's Gate's going to actually help, you know, relieve that stigma, like it's only for these certain kind of people? I hope so. I mean, I really do. I really hope so, because it's like, they think of these D&D as we just a bunch of nerdy fat guys walking or sitting around a table throwing dice and talking all and for me, it's it's about you know getting together with friends and having an adventure without having to leave the house. Do do you think that um, 
because you know back if you, if you look at Stranger Things for instance, I'm not sure if you've ever seen it. You know the opening yeah. scene of Stranger Things is them basically, you know, Mike and his friends playing D and D. How do mm-hmm. you think like technology overall has helped? You know, people enjoy D and D because I'm not an avid D and D. I play D and D maybe like a couple of times. I play with Jay a couple of times, and it 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 was interesting because none of us really had experience in in how to do it. But how do you think technology overall has changed the way so- that we play? For me, it's even it makes makes my life easier. Well, back in the day, we used to have to do everything paper pencil, so you had to erase stuff and write stuff in, and you know do the math yourself. I mean, nowadays I have an app on my phone that I can create a character from zero to a level whatever just from my phone without even having to you know pencil anything in, write it down. It has ways to generate your your stats. You know, it tells you um, what you, what you need to pick when you hit this level, or you know, all that. So it kind of walks you through everything you need. Now, you'll still need the books because sometimes when it asks you, like, you know, do you want to choose this or this, you got to look it up what those two things are and what the differences are, and then make your decision. But I use an app, and I never even write anything on a piece of paper anymore at all. I even type in my notes like what's going on in the campaign i'll even type in names to try to remember like uh, npcs that you run into that we have to go back and talk to again you know it's all in my phone now i don't even have to carry a notebook or pencil and paper nothing none of that anymore so yeah technology is definitely going to push this and i think that boulders gate i really i really hope that it, it allows people to see exactly what D&D really is but just in a visual form. Do you I do think it's also a really good co-op game. I think it's great that you can play split screen in that game. And kind of impressive that it can even be done. So, it's a it you can play same console split screen? Yep. Uh they disabled it for the Xbox Series S, but I think for PS5 and the X it's going to be full split screen. We play it on our PCs. Uh, me and Jay have played. It's completely too like you can even walk in separate directions and do other shit, and it still is going. You can do whatever you want. Oh my god, that's a game changer right there because oh, it's amazing. It really well, is. The big thing is, is that I have a couple of friends and my younger brother that all wanting to play. Well, I want to play, and my girlfriend kind of wants to play. She wants to get into it too, so that helps because then me and my girlfriend can sit on one console, and then play with the rest of them in multiplayer so like the four of us can all get on and just play and, and the cool yeah, thing, that's what the, we did. the cool thing too is is that um so if you are you and your girlfriend on the console and your friends come in your friends characters can actually become permanent companions so it's pretty oh cool. really yeah so you get the so yeah so so going forward you could be like hey you know we you can catch them up on the on the adventure you also have a choice to level them up but personally I played with people who've leveled up my own character, and you kind of lose that connection to it because they've made cho- choices and changes that you wouldn't have done with them. But if you just have them as companions, or even if you just put them back in th- this place called your camp, even if you just sit them in your camp and you, you, you know, they come back to your game, they'll get all the EXP that you've already earned, and then they can go ahead and level up with you and make the choices they want to make. And then you can, you know, you find any kind of gear or items or gold along the way, you can hold it on. You know, hold it for them for when they come back and play. Oh wow! 
Holy cow. So you can continue like I don't have to wait for them to show up. I can continue playing and then still allow them yeah. to build their character the way they want to. So like get the stage that's really and just cool. Go off. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Man, you're making me really want to go get this game now. Yeah. It's I might fucking have to... worth it, especially because you love D and D, man. It is so good. Yeah, I mean, I've I've talked about it with Huck, um, who, and he Huck? really wants to play. Uh, I have a, a friend named Huck. I, I don't think uh, Harrison. Have you met Huck? I think you met I his think wife. He might have been on one of the podcasts one time. Okay, I don't, but I, I don't remember if you were in Texas at the time or not. Oh, I'm not sure. But I know you I mean, met his wife because she was the one that was on the Disney, mm-hmm. the Disney episode. Right. But either way, he wants to play, and you know Tim wants to play. So maybe, maybe I'll just buy it sooner than I thought I was going to buy it. <laughs> if you're getting any new games, that should be the one. It's worth yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's the only one on my list right now. Yeah, I'm not sure if you heard the term "feature complete" before. It hasn't been used since you know Halo days. But it's one of the first feature complete games that's come out in a long time, right? Like that's even a technology and odd for them to use. So you know, just like you said, you know, it doesn't have any microtransactions or any kind of pay to win. Literally, just play the game. All content can be unlocked while you play the game. I think that's so cool. Um, you know, Elder Ring kind of went the same way too. You know, you know they yeah they make it to where like you don't pay anything. It's really making waves within the gaming community i feel and a lot of game developers are upset about it because you know a lot of AAA games are trying to make their games into phone games where you know you have a gotcha mechanic or you have mm-hmm. some kind of pay to win aspect to it so when they see that a game doesn't need any of that it really shakes up the boots not even for the development team but also for you know the higher ups such as you know blizzard blizzard used to be such an amazing RPG game, you know, gaming company yeah. made World of Warcraft, you know. I've played World of Warcraft for years, man. I think it's been about 10 years now, but I played up until about 10 years ago. Yeah, it's, and that was still an amazing game. It's so good, but it's so bad now. <laughs> it's so bad. When yeah, I, all the I keep hearing that. Is. Yeah, I mean... I wish I got in on that when it was popular, because that would have been pretty fun. I played well, it was so games fun because because you can you're off on your own little thing, right? But you know your friends are online. You can actually chat to them, you know, through as long as you're on the same server. And then if you get into a guild and you're all in the guild, the guild helps you out. If you have a find a good guild and you pay into it and you do your thing and you know you're doing stuff for the guild, they help you out. All the I don't know where they'll just be like, oh here, you you're missing two gold here, and they'll just hand it to you. You know, I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. It's like really good at, you know, getting people together and making them play, because every player on there is is a person. You know, you run into people all the time, and then the PvP sections were fun too, because if you run into horde, you know, the or if you're an alliance or horde, if you run into the other faction, it's like go to town, just kill them, do what you got to do. It was fun. It was a really fun game. I wish I got into it when it was popular, like I said, because that would have been fun. I I played, you know, kid games around that time, though, so I was more like a Club Penguin guy. Youngin. Also, I don't know if you guys saw that, but my door randomly opened. Me and Jay are the only people in the house. My cat just opened my sliding door. Oh, okay. A sliding door. How the fuck? It was closed. 
Cat got thumbs, man. You gotta watch out. We'll single you. It's scary. You gotta watch out for them cats, man. They're smart. The other than one you couldn't think. even figure out how to get out. <laughs> <laughs> they're smart when they want to be, but they're pretty dumb. Oh no! What you don't understand is they're smart. They just act dumb. No, 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 no! You don't know with the cats. They're dumb. <laughs> come on, come on! Give us something. We haven't heard from Jay that much yet. Give us a cat story. Why? If we're talking about Boulder's Gate or D and D, how about I actually talk about something related to D and D real quick? Okay, do it. What do you I think have... about Boulder's Gate? Well, I love the game, especially because I had told you that I've been wanting to play D&D. Like, I remember having all the lights off with the little candles and having the master over here trying to do a story. It was actually super fun, but that's also where I got my name from. That's the first time I ever used the name Zypher. And now it's Zypher for all the games that I basically play. So, yeah, I have, I have love for D&D. Not experienced, I cannot say that at all, but, but, yeah, that's, that's the cats really are funny, so dumb. Because my gamer tag, Beowulf, came from D&D also. Um, hey. It's, a, it's I, I took Beowulf and changed it to Beowulf, and that was my character's name every time I built a character. What are you, a druid? Oh. Uh, it was whatever. Beow so Beowulf is a is a fighter. I mean, he's a Norse uh mytho mytho I can talk, I swear. Um <laughs> North mythological character that fought demons and and monsters and stuff. So I really liked the the stories of Beowulf. So I'm like, Well, I love that name. That name is awesome. And I was like, Well, let's take something of that and just kind of change it so i actually made it bear wolf and i've used that ever since nice. that's cool so so that's cool I, I like how we all have kind of stories really yeah I, but what know. what's the main thing that you would go for like your typical character if you're going to start off a character what do you go for you asking me yeah Anybody that um, wants to respond. Yeah. I, I I lean toward the rangers, um, a ranger or a, a, a fighter. Um, but lately I've been really like branching out into more magic using style um characters because as long as I've been playing D D, I've always avoided using magic because it's it, it gets kind of complicated sometimes and I don't want to have to think about uh using spells or doing this out or the other. So I I I now I'm more into it. I, I feel that I have a better grasp of the spells and how to use them. So I lean towards druids and, and warlocks right now. You know, speaking of bold PlayStation this new quote unquote handheld game. Have you seen it at all? I've seen that pictures is, of it. I've never really. Thing. Is it? It is. So I haven't a, heard a, anything about it. So it's a cloud gaming like handheld, trying to be like the Switch, but it's just for cloud gaming. Only if you own a PlayStation Five already, you can only use it at home on your home Wi-Fi. You can't use regular Bluetooth uh, headphones with it. 
And I don't think you can even use the device as a controller on your PlayStation. Like it, it's it so limited its in what screen, it can right? do. It does have its own screen, so you could so poop while playing your PS5. Do you remember? Do you remember the Wii U? Is it kind of like the Wii U? It's uh, like a shittier version of the Wii U. Yeah, I think it is. I think the Wii... at, at least the Wii, at least the Wii U, you could actually play it while someone else watches TV. I don't think you can do that. If you even call it a console. really, yeah, I honestly think so. PlayStation has this feature called Share Play. You can basically yeah video games your phone which i think all this quote-unquote handheld gaming console is is just you're just paying 200 dollars for the main service so you're just they're just giving you an official controller that allows you to use airplay like would you want a gamepad for the wii u if like you had to pay 200 dollars for it and all it does is just display what's on the tv like it doesn't like at least with the Wii U, it did have like specific functionality. It had mechanics. Sometimes. It did. It did have mechanics because it had a touch screen too. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's sad, especially because you could play like Game Pass on your fucking phone and connect a uh, controller with Bluetooth, and that works perfectly fine. Like, why do people even need this device? Especially the Bluetooth headphone thing is just really stupid because they'll let you use like two um, Sony proprietary headphones, but that's it. Oh man! So back in the day, I had a Vita that I could share play my PS4 to. So I would run the v- the PS4 through my Vita and play games while somebody else was watching a TV on a different input. So is that basically what this is doing? Is what the Vita used to do? Yeah, but all it really does. Sure. But but the whole concept of it. Connect your. The only thing you're really buying is. No, oh, you so buy you're the not even, they're not even giving you a screen? It I'm, does come with a screen. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure you use your it's, phone. It's called the PlayStation Portal. And I think it is like 200 bucks or something like that. I don't know if you want to pull it up really quick, but... Yeah, it's it's stupid, man. It's just a big money grab. Oh, I, I, thought you had to use I was kind of excited, too, because I was like, oh, great, another PlayStation portable system, kind of like the Vita, because I loved my Vita. I used to play it all the time because it was a handheld device that I could carry with me and play games on. You know, they had their own little cartridges and everything, so I'd be like, yeah, running around playing my Vita, but that's what I was hoping this was, but if that's just a share thing, then I don't know if I want to spend the $200 on it. Yeah, yeah you're Not right. Worth it is, I don't know when I, when I first saw it. The shape of the screen. Just, you know, that's such an awkward place. So the screen is, yeah. is like right in the middle. Quote unquote control. So they should have at least. I don't know, that's just my. Well, I mean, it's no different than the, the Switch. The Switch is right in the middle of your two controllers. Okay, I guess you're right about that. Yeah, you can waste that money on something way better. Yeah, at this point, I might as well just buy a Switch. I mean, because exactly. at least at least they have their own games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because just looking at this, it's the the resolution is 60 FPS, 1080p resolution. You know, cell phones on a cell phones on a you can go 144. I don't know why they decided to go with such a resolution. 
clearly it looks like it's getting all it's doing is acting as a stream. It's not even it's not even like it needs any kind of hardware besides just a screen. That's a disappointment. <laughs> yeah, the Vita I was, was I kind of saw it the first time and I was like, oh man, that's cool, another portable PlayStation. But now it looks like it's just a big fat piece of junk. Yeah, and if they were gonna do this, they should have at least thrown Android on it or something. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know what operating system it's using. Because if it if it if it's using an underlying Android operating system, you could probably just crack it. So because you know sometimes they they use like Android base and they'll just skin it over with whatever they want to. Whatever they want to. Well, they have their PlayStation app. I use it all the time, but they have the PlayStation app that I think runs all the share programs through it. Which is obviously in the marketplace. I think you, the i the iPhone has one too. And you can like stream to yourself and use a controller and whatnot. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I haven't messed makes... with it. I don't. I don't do that. I I go on there to like when games are on sale. I check to check their sales or once a month the PlayStation Plus gives you free games and if I forget to download them because I haven't been on my PlayStation in three weeks or four weeks, I'll jump on there and just purchase the free games they give me. You know, that reminds me. Uh, rest in peace, Xbox Live Gold. It's done. It's out. Yeah, but all Today's they did... Today's the last day. Yeah, but all they did was just bundle it in. Oh, really... Yeah. If they bundled yeah. it with the Game Pass, didn't they? Yeah, it's called Game Pass Core now. And they give you like 14 games that you can play. Oh my god, that's so hardcore. It's the core. What do you think about this PlayStation fiasco, Jay? I don't know if you're into that kind of <laughs> stuff or not. I care nothing about the PlayStation. I'm an Xbox girl, Nintendo girl. Wow. I love my Switch. I thought I liked you too. <laughs> hey, James, okay. I remember you told me that you got a PlayStation because of that MLB game, but then it came yep. out on the Xbox. Well, wow. MLB lost their well, PlayStation lost their exclusivity contract in 23. Mm-hmm. So, I think 22 was the last exclusive um game was for the PlayStation and then I said as soon as they re- are able to release the MLB on the Switch I will buy a Switch I haven't bought a Switch yet Yeah but to be fair the Switch is not really like, like Correct. every game on it is just absolutely terrible Well I mean so like graphically like MLB or the sports games that are on the Switch Graphically, they're lower than what you could get them on on the other consoles. Um, I love what Nintendo's doing, and I love what Nintendo did with the Switch, but I feel like they're, like, a generation behind everybody else in the terms of, like, graphics and technology. Well, I think it's because they don't really care about that kind of... Correct. Accessibility. Correct. To gear their games. just so happened that adults, you know, love Pokemon. Yeah. So, the hardware section sector, I should say, for that stuff is not high on their tier list than it is and, like gameplay. And like I said, that's that's the one thing. It's like I give them the props for what they do is because they know where their their audience is. They know their target audience. 
not their target audience doesn't care about graphics and and processing speed when the adult kids like us like the the high-end graphics with the fast processor so things are faster and move better and are cleaner but nintendo is like these are for kids they don't care what the graphics they just want to play their games honestly i'm not that much of a graphics snob i i don't care if a game's like 1080p or whatever so I've, hell give me 720 as long as the game's fun and engaging then i'm cool with it i, I think i'm i'm i respect that i do respect that the issue with that is is i wish i had the same mentality as you but i feel like some stories can't be told without game. so like i feel like you can't have a very and this is my opinion i could be wrong on it but when it comes to storytelling if you think about like graphic novel final fantasy the visualization and conveying what you're looking at really helps impact how you feel about the characters in that story. So if I'm looking at a bunch yeah, of... Yeah, I mean, because look at Elden Ring. I mean, without all that epic, like, background graphics and, and, and the movement and all the stuff that these characters can do, I don't think that game would have been anywhere near what it was. But at the same time, if Elden Ring looked like Dark Souls 1, I would probably still love it. Yeah, but it's different. Like, so, so the thing is, is that if you look at it based on game, graphics is relative to the age. So Dark Souls 1, when that came out, I think it came out on what, the PS3 or PS4? That game looked amazing for So, So if you look at the evolution of graphics, if you play Dark Souls One, you're going to expect that's how. They but at the time point and period at which it is, it looked amazing. So the same way going forward. So five years from now, if we play Elden Ring, you know we we'd be like, man, Elden Ring looked awesome right now. But you know, as you go forward, you could be like, okay, look at the new Final Fantasy Twenty Five coming out. This thing looks like a movie, and it looks good in comparison story so i think i'm hoping by the time final fantasy 25 comes out we're fully immersed inside it in like a virtual reality type deal oh sword art online oh no i was thinking <laughs> ready player one but sword art online does the same thing oh man i don't want to remember that i mean i think that, i think that's how we're gonna live forever the moment that we can hijack our here no the only thing yeah. keeping us alive is what these Meat suits. So, like, the moment we can. <laughs> the moment we can hijack, like, put our brain up into the computer, you know. The meat suit file. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just just, just, up, <laughs> just, just upload me to a, a flash drive and carry me around and plug me in, like, make. Put me on Google Drive. I'm ready. Let's go. I'm still stuck in the word meat suit. That's awful. <laughs> I mean, we are a meat suit if you think about it. Yeah, but that just sounds like sweaty and gross. Like, oh, the meat suit. <laughs> like, hey, so I don't want to get too into politics. So this will be really quick. But James, did you see Trump's mugshot? I have not actually. I'm trying to avoid Dude. all that silliness. It's oh, so funny. He looks so, so mad. He looks mad. Like, 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 it's so like, funny. Take away the politics. He knew it was coming, right? Like oh, yeah. the whole thing was he knew it was coming. So I don't understand why he's so pissy about it. I mean He had the the, the angry smolder. He, he was, he was, his face was red and everything. It was great. Yeah, it looked like giant tomatoes. Was it orange? 
It was orange, but you could see under his eyes his like regular skin. So <laughs> I wonder. It was so good. I wonder how he's doing in prison. He already, dude. He used a bail bondsman. Oh, okay. So he's already out. He's just mad. That he he's already money. out. He had to take a loan out for it though. So what does that say? Just a loan of a million dollars. Just a small loan. <laughs> I think his bail was like half a million dollars. Really? You see what? What I don't yeah. get is how he's like y'all's height and he weighs like two hundred pounds. Oh, right, like right, right. that's that's some bull. Like I'm sorry. He said, he said that he weighed two fifteen, but he's six four. God, I don't even think it was two fifteen. I think it was like two ten or something. I was like, he's not that tall, is he? He's six yes, three, six, six two, six three. Pretty sure he's six that's... four. How tall? Because I'm six foot two, and there's no way in hell he's taller than me. Yeah, there's no way in hell he's two fifteen. Like, (laughs) I think it was two ten. I think it said two ten. In the Washington Post. That's some bull. I'm sorry. No way in hell. No. If he weighs two fifteen, I weigh one eight. He eats McDonald's yeah. almost every day. Like exactly. If if you see a picture of his gut, there's no fucking way. Somebody that's fit in our height wouldn't even weigh two fifteen. <laughs> the nutty. fact that he's six three says it all. Like how? How? <laughs> I think it's because weight is self-reported. It was. Uh, with uh, two forty four and. Two forty four was the new. He might have weighed two fifteen in high school. He's just ten percent helium, guys. <laughs> full, full of a lot of hot air. Is that what you're saying? Yep, yep. Just so, like a regular bag of Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else we got on the so, board? So, your, so, so when you first introduced, you, so. What are the interesting things that you've learned while hosting your podcast that you didn't think would have been a challenge? I realized it was a challenge that episode. Getting it out there. Getting people to listen to it. Making it popular. I mean, everybody starts a podcast. They're like, oh man, if this catches on, this would be great. It was the fact that I, I, I felt like it just wasn't catching any traction um you know harrison did his best to put it up there and we we were gonna do this whole social media thing and try to push our you know push it through social media but i think at our our strongest point we had like a hundred just over a hundred subscribers to the channel and a lot of those were like people we just knew are like hey subscribe just so we have more subscribers hey subscribe because we we want more subscribers um and then the other part was the the time, you know, taking the time once a week, trying to get together, trying to build enough enough, you know, shows built built up so that, you know, we can continue to release one a week or or one every other week. It was it, it became a burden just to try to get everybody together. Yeah, to, towards to the end, it. that was kind of what killed it, especially when I moved away. 
that. Yeah, well, I mean, truthfully, Harrison really wasn't you. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna say this is that it was the the dynamic of people we had. I think when we started with the small group that we had, where it was me, you, Devin, Tim, that was the perfect dynamic because like we all had different thought processes and the way we did stuff. Now you didn't say a whole lot. We brought you in whenever we could, but I mean, when Devin decided that he couldn't put forth the time for it anymore and I had to bring other people in, I felt the dynamic just completely changed and it, it just wasn't what I wanted it to be anymore. And I'm like, I kind of feel like this is a burden that I have to record another episode and I'm not quite getting the dynamic I wanted towards the end. So it's it's interesting. You said the hardest part was. Was that your main goal when it became making a podcast? Like what, what what's your main goal every main podcast? So it all started. <laughs> this is funny because it all started because. When my friend group gets together, we have these long, drawn-out, hilarious conversations. And I said one day, I was like, this would be awesome to get this recorded and let other people hear our stupidity and our hilariousness. You know, the different stories that come out when we start talking. <clears throat> we have a really diverse group of people. Like, we have smart people. We have, you know, people who know a lot about certain things. And I'm like, it, it was awesome to just sit and have this huge conversation. I'm like, I want to record that. And I want to put that out as a podcast. So that's what I did is like, I was talking to Harrison. I was like, I really want to make a podcast. He goes, I can get it. I can make it happen. I'm like, you can, let's get this thing going. So I got a couple, I got my younger brother and one of my best friends. And we are like, let's start recording. And it seemed like it started out as like, I wanted it to be, just us having conversations about stuff. And then it went to, I had to pick a topic and I had to, you know, we talked about one topic and I started to run out of topics of our favorite things that we were getting into. So I'm just like throwing stuff at a wall to see what it would stick and what we could talk about and things that, you know, interested us enough that we could make it an hour long. There are other ones that were, we we're so interested in it. We had to break it into two parts. It was two hours, two and a half hours worth of stuff. We had to break it up into two parts. But like towards the end, it was, okay, everybody, let's try to meet at this time. What are we talking about? I had to think about what we were going to talk about. And I was like, I just wanted to be like, like this one is where you guys have a, you know, your points that you want to talk about and just have discussions I was like, I wanted to try to build it into something like that. And like almost like a radio show to where it was like, we come in, sit down for an hour, talk about what we want to talk about and then move on our way. And you it know, never quite built to there. It's interesting. You know, I can't help but think about it. It's echoing in my mind. You said that you first thought about doing this podcast. You know, just the conversations you at one point, at, at at any point of making the podcast, did you feel like you didn't enjoy hanging out with your friends? Felt more like creation. You know what? No, that was never. I think we a always had a good me. time. We always had a good time. I mean, we would still you hear talk it, after if you listen, too. if you listen throughout the podcast, because we didn't 
really edit sound or anything out of it. You hear cans pop all the time. And those are literally, those are beers. We're sitting around drinking. You hear me suck on my vapor. You know, we're, it, it was just fun times. We just sat down, but I ran out of topics and I ran out of, you know, I don't know if I ran out of anything else, but I ran out of topics to talk about. And it was hard to get everybody to, okay, let's sit down. We all got to calm down for a second, start recording. Okay, let's go. And then at that point, we're like, we'd already had an hour long discussion before we even started, you know, recording. We've already said what we're going to say. Do we want to say it again? Because then it seems like pretty redundant to us. Like, we've already talked about this. We almost just did that right now. We did. Right before we started. We did. Absolutely. And that was our, that was another big problem. And then finding a place to sit that was quiet enough to record to where I'm not, you know, weird noises in the background. I mean, there was one or two times I was dog sitting and you could hear the dog shake, you know, shake her head. And then, you know, there was one time I think we were recording at the Huck's house and their daughter came flying out of her bedroom and you could hear her talking in the background and you hear Katie like, shh. Oh. Come over here. And, you yeah, know those, those, those kind of elements. Do you think that they actually podcast? Feel like it was more. To me, it was an annoyance. But after now that I think about it, you're right. It does. It gives that. Uh, it gives that feel of uh, it's just a group of us trying to get something done. I, I didn't even think about it that way. But at the time, I thought of it as an annoyance. I will say, I think one of the best things that we ever did was that uh, that uh, game of the decade thing where we had that whole tournament set up for all of the games yes. of the years for the last, like, 10 years. Yes. That, that was really fun. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that. That's actually That was one of my favorite to record. We did that all in, what, one day, didn't we? Or did we have to do that over two days? I don't remember, I don't, but either way, remember. it was three episodes long. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah. it was like the crazy part about it was watching games that like most people would consider the best game ever just get kicked to the curb for something silly like Sekiro. <laughs> so, so, yep. so how did you guys actually judge those games? I'm kind of curious. I, I haven't listened to that podcast. I probably will. Okay. This. So, from what I remember, we found, um, Every year we picked one because I think there was multiple different um, things that were calling game of the decade. I think we found like four different places that had a game game of the year. So every year we picked the one that seemed to overlap quite a bit. Like one year, you know, three out of the four had the same game. So it was like, well, that's going going in there. But when we went to the tournament, there was five of us in the room. Um, it was the four originals and we brought a guest in and since there was an odd number, we just literally voted, what game do you want to move on? And whatever, whatever one won is the one that moved on. We took, uh, turns like whoever had an opinion for one game versus the other, we took turns defending our arguments. Then we took a vote, uh, and the whole tournament was seated like randomly. I used like a random generator to do it. Yep. Uh, and then it ended up, uh, what ended up winning? Was it Red Dead 2? I'm pretty or was sure it, it was Zelda. Zelda. Oh, it was it Zelda. Was Zelda. Of course. Always Zelda. Breath of the Wild, yeah. Zelda. 
game uh, but like it. I said, Sekiro took out Sekiro took out some of the like what I would think would be the top seeds. Um, and it it mainly was because there was one person in the group that had played it, enjoyed it so much that his fight for it swayed us all. Like his That's ability true. to say, you know, his ability to fight for this game swayed our votes a lot. Yeah, that's, that's just for that game. I will tell you, he was right. I was actually about to ask you, how did you guys approach that? Did you guys approach it at a very biased or unbiased? But you know, you just kind of answered that that question for me. It seems like it was a very much like opinionated and whoever you know really gave. We, the- I think, I even said that in the very beginning. I'm like, look, you guys may not like the way this ends, and well, and that's why we I'm put it sorry. to too. Yeah, it's like this is our opinion. So I mean, mm-hmm. this isn't going to be like us taking sales or or popularity this is our opinions on who what game wins so it was very opinionated when it came to who won that bracket um so so knowing what you know now about how your podcast do you think you would ever continue it i've actually discussed it um i have so mrs huck um, the one, the girl that was on our Disney one, she does live streaming now on YouTube, and we have discussed um, possibly putting it back together and it just be part of us and just maybe even just live streaming some of our conversations instead of turning it into a podcast style. Um, but I don't know. I would like to, but I if I did, I would want. I would definitely want Devin to come back because Devin was definitely a pivotal part of how it all started. I don't know, man. It's not like Devin really gave you an issue. Every single episode I heard. The reason that it sucked when Devin left was because, um, you know, the rest of us all kind of had similar-ish opinions on most things, but Devin would always be the outlier that would bring something interesting to the table. I mean, it's not always the case, but... Yeah, yeah, he he saw things in a different light. Like he was he was younger. I mean, he was probably a, a little older than Harrison, but I mean, like he was the younger of the three three of us, and he had a different outlook on the way things were. Like he saw things in a different light, and I'm like that. And that's that's why I said if I did it again, I'd want to make sure he was a part of it because his opinions kept us talking, kept us kept things rolling and making a conversation out of things. You know, it's it's interesting. Harrison showed me a video about podcasting. Um, you know, it was a lady. I don't know who. She said that anything can be a pod. You know, I'm not sure how deep dive you are into the pod. But it kind of feels like everyone has a podcast nowadays. Yep. You think that's because everyone just has something to say? Or they're narcissistic, or do you just think that you know just the way that technology is and how easy it is to make a podcast? Do you think it's just like a good barrier to entry for people to make content? Uh, yes. On the second part, it's it's a way for people to make content. It's a way for people to get their name out there. Um, something I I, I attribute podcasts to is like radio shows. Back in the day, people used to turn tune into radio shows like MJ in the Morning, The Rizzuto Show. I mean, these were big. The Rizzuto Show is local here to where I'm at. 
Um, but the MJ show was based out of, you know, Florida and they, uh, what is that called? They allowed other stations to broadcast it. I mean, look at Howard Stern. Howard Stern still does radio shows and stuff like that. I I attribute podcasts into to like this is a way for people to be on radio or to have a show to express their opinions without getting, you know, they don't have to show their face. I mean, you guys have your webcams and you guys show your face, but like they don't have to show their face. They can just talk and somebody will listen at some point down the road. And if nobody listens, they're getting their opinion out there. It's out there and it's digital and it's, you know, so I, I think it's just a way for them to broadcast to get to get their information, what they want to say out there. Well, and now the yeah, the amount of people that might have wanted to do that in the past, it's way easier to do that now because, you know, all you need really is a smartphone. You could really pull one off if you really wanted to. Yeah, the, our, all of our last probably eight to ten podcasts were recorded on my phone, sent to Harrison, and Harrison turned it into a, a, a file and put it up on YouTube. You know, yep. there's an old song, you know, Video Killed the Radio Star. What do you think about the rise of video podcasts? When podcasts generally used to be more of an audio. So... I'm going to use Joe Rogan. I'm not a huge fan of Joe Rogan, but I'm going to use Joe Rogan. So he can not only, you know, talk for hours and hours and hours with his guests, he can show visuals about what they're talking about and he can have people more engaged to, to what they're talking about. Not only can they hear what they're saying, he can see what they're talking about. Um, There's multiple podcasts. I still listen to Um, one of them is called scared to death. And it's it's a horror podcast, so they talk about, you know, paranormal and, and stuff like that. And at the end of some of their stories, they have pictures. Like, the whole time he's been telling the story about this house. Well, at the end, he'll show, oh, well, here's what the house looks like. They can give you a visual of what's going on. Um, I don't know if it's really kill- – I think it's gained – I think it's a it's a plus to the podcasting world, but it's not necessary. You know what I mean? You can still you can still succeed as a podcast without visuals, because there's plenty of podcasts that I still listen to that have no visuals. They just talk. I think at most it just it helps gain another audience because then you have a whole YouTube audience that you can create instead of just on like podcast apps, you know? Yeah. I will say, remember that podcast y'all did on Serial? (laughs) <laughs> oh my god cereal cereal oh, that yeah. was the greatest i think that was one of my favorites too because that literally was a topic we came up with like 10 minutes before we started recording and it's a full video just on cereal yeah besides, and I, I was like go ahead sorry i thought it was great uh besides your game of the decade what are some fond memories you have? Oh, it's just getting like I said, it's just getting our friend my friends together and just talking talking it up, chit chatting. Um again, finding weird topics to talk about, like a cereal. Like we had it it was hour, hour and fifteen minutes of us talking about cereal. 
uh, like different ways to try to eat it. Have you ever tried it with alcohol? Have you ever tried, you know, it's silliness like that, that I, the camaraderie of having all of us in the same room and spending time together was one of my fondest things about doing the podcast. I think that Kimberly story one was pretty fun too. Oh, that's, that's got our most awesome. views. Did you know that? No. Oh, I thought it was our first one that had the most the books versus movies. No. no. Really? The Kimberly story has our has the most. I checked it a while back. It has our, the most views. Um, huh. and I think what it is is it's because because of the way we did that podcast. It's we just listened to the story, and I people just want to listen to the Kimberly story. I was on that one. You were yes, on you that were. one. <laughs> It was so good, though. That story, like, still gets me thinking. Well, what's crazy is that you told us, like, oh, my God, that's not that far from my house. Yeah, I was like, like, that's Texas. What? <laughs> the moment it was like, oh, crap, that's Texas. But a lot a lot of scary stuff. The, the spookiness of Texas. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's all the states, but Texas yeah. has some really creepy ones. Yeah. That one was so good, though. Highly recommend yeah, everybody that. <laughs> the unnecessary tangent was really fun. I mean, even after the camera, or not the camera, but the audio recording went off, we would still continue and talk. And oh, honestly, yeah. it's just such a shame. I honestly think part of it, our problem also, we were a little awkward being recorded. When we took the uh, recording off, the conversations kind of got better. I, I don't know if it was just being recording shy or what, but... Well, remember, yeah, you I... didn't even want to talk most of the time. That's right, true. right. Maybe it was the pressure of knowing you're being... Not just having, like, mm-hmm. a... I know, you know sometimes when I come on here do podcasts with you, I feel like I'm obligated to... Not dead. The dead is so... Yeah. So I yeah, having just... have an opinion on what's going on, even though you really don't have an opinion, yeah. You got to keep things moving. You got to keep things talking. And like, that was another thing is like, I didn't want to be that guy that was like, all right, let's keep, keep things moving. Sometimes I'd have to stop them and say, all right, all right, we're running out of time. Let's move on to a different subject because they would just talk and talk. And then the I would jump in one. I would talk. Oh my God. That anime one could have been like eight parts. Really <laughs> they could have talked about and, and I just sat know? there. I just sat there because that's not my thing, you know. But Tim well, and Devin just went on though. and on. It did. It did. I, I started watching a few animes shortly after that episode. You, you know, I think actually not having an opinion. Sometimes, you know, we have another host named. Uh, due to some medical reasons. But, you know, I, I think that not having an opinion on things sometimes allows you exactly you know, with the anime podcast allows you to explore things you wouldn't explore and maybe you know allowing that tangent to go on would have been pretty awesome you know i, th- I think i think maybe not forcing a conversation is probably the best way to have a podcast right well, well Devin, one... sorry Devin go ahead. said this too no Devin said this too it's like when we got into a topic that he knew little to nothing about he'd be like let me be the one that asks the questions because Right. You know, the person who doesn't know much about it, that's the perfect person to ask the questions because they're the ones that want to know more about what's going on. Because if 
it interests them long, you know, they'll be like, but what about this? And what about this? Well, why did you do it that way? You know, and having that one person that may not have an opinion or, or know much about the topic, having that one person is good because they can ask questions to make, you know, make the, make you talk more about it. Right. Man, it's such a shame that our uh, our last video got copyright claimed, and I I don't think it's even public anymore. <laughs> I don't think it can't be. No, it can't be our, watched our, publicly. Our special anniversary one. We always would crack jokes about Dragon Ball Evolution throughout the whole thing because we recorded podcasts relatively consistently for like a whole year, and yeah, the last one Dragon Ball Evolution. We just did commentary over the whole movie. But the movie might have been a little too loud, so I guess it it got DMCA'd. Uh, yeah, this is pretty funny. Because it was it was always at the end of the podcast, whatever the topic was, we'd always go around the room and have little recommendations on, like, for instance, like with the books versus movies. You know, we'd recommend like recommend a good book for people to try to read. You know, stuff like that. And at the end, Harrison always put in there. Don't forget to go watch Dragon Ball Evolution at the very end. That was that was his thing at, at our last one of our last sessions where we all got to sit together in the same room. We watched Dragon Ball Evolution and made commentary over that whole thing. And I'm like, what is this pile of garbage? <laughs> do do you think still- that any of the topics or some of the dynamics within your I feel like those could have been spent like like very episodes or second? You know, podcast. The plan was to come back to cycle back to a couple of them, um, because like books versus movies, there there are movies being made all the time based on books or based on true stories, and we could have totally done more, you know, more stuff on that. And then we had a couple episodes that where we just talked about our favorite books. I mean, and hell, we read. I used to read up to, you know, two or three books a month, you know, and I, I could, Oh, try this new story. Try this. You know, we could have continued a lot of cycled back to a lot of it. And then our star Wars episode, there's always new star Wars content coming out. There's always new Pokemon content. There's always new you know, every time. Yeah. I did plan on wanting to cycle back to some of the stuff, but I didn't want to do it too early to where it's like, you know, did a Star Wars episode and then 10 episodes, of, do Star Wars again. I didn't want it to be a, a long, I wanted it to take some time and then cycle back to, you know, cycle back to it and say, okay, let's add more to our, you know, the first time we did this. Yeah, we might have put ourselves a little bit in a corner when we decided to kind of set a set topic for the whole thing. Yeah. Th- that might have been part of what killed it too but i do support you guys bringing it back whether or not i'm invited back to that i'll give you the keys what man. are you talking about you still Just gotta you still gotta put our stuff up on youtube for us <laughs> i mean i can send it on over you still have access to my google drive i mean i can just put it up there and send it to you <laughs> but, uh, i gotta figure out if i know the login still uh, oh shoot for- Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We actually 
go ahead and wrap it up. Mo, I appreciate ahead. the invite. When when and he first invited me, I'm like, heck yeah, I would love to sit and talk with some people again and do this again. It was really fun. Yeah, I'm gonna let Harrison close thinking? it out tonight. Gonna... Go ahead, Harrison. Yeah, thank you guys for watching. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug, James? Not a, actually. I'll plug my my friend's wife's uh, live stream. It's under K Huck. Um, it's on YouTube. Just type in K Huck, and you'll find her. She goes live sometimes three times a week. Oh wow! Good. And also, if you guys are at all interested in my old podcast with James. Uh, it's called The Unnecessary Tangent. That's also on YouTube. It's pretty dead. It's, it might be worth a look if you're interested. I think and of course, like and subscribe, you know, to the Loaf Lounge. <laughs> well, thanks, <laughs> thanks, James. It's really actually nice having you on the podcast. It's always nice to hear people's uh, experiences and their expectations in life and what they do for projects and their interests. Um, I really enjoyed having you today. Thank you so much for joining us on the Loaf Lounge. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bread.